Welcome to Learning to Talk, the podcast. What's up, guys? What's up? Zach. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks, maybe three weeks since we've sat down together to record. So I'm happy. Yeah, it's good to be here. Yeah. And uh, two, we're we're recording this episode on Christmas Eve Eve 2021. So the 23rd of December. Our first episode was released three weeks ago-ish, December 1st. Yeah. And I got to say, like, I'm just super stoked that people have been listening. Yeah. Yeah. Our, nice. list, our listenership's not off the charts, but there's enough people listening that it's, like, not just our friends and family, I think. Yeah. It's and, fun. And I, I think that's cool. So if that's you and you've been listening. Thank you. We appreciate you, and uh, I, it just makes me happy to know that uh, what we're talking about isn't totally irrelevant to people outside of the three of us. <laughs> three of us so. Well, it might be, but at least yeah, we're... Yeah, I was say. <laughs> Hopefully we're entertaining, entertaining at least. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, anyway, Merry Christmas to you guys, not to you guys listening, because it's coming, coming out in, like, February. February. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you had a Merry Christmas, and uh, all your resolutions of the new year have, uh, you've... This is about the time it. when people, like, stop going to the gym, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, after January Here's your 1st. reminder, get up, go to the gym. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I... So many times, like, have you guys ever seen those one year, the one year Bible? Oh, yes. yeah. You know, it's the one year Bible. It's it's the Bible broken into 365 days. And the one I had was like Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms and Proverbs every day. Yep. I've made it. To, <laughs> I've made it to like January 20th so many times <laughs> in my one year Bible. I think the longest I've ever made it was like into March, you know, when you're deep in like Leviticus or whatever. And oh, yeah. So. Anyway. Leviticus is rough. I've done it once successfully where I went through <laughs> every single day, like made it all the way to the end of the year. Yeah. And then this year, this was last year. And then this year I had a friend who was like, Hey, we should do this. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just finished. <laughs> yeah. I'm like 270 days behind right now. Yeah. It's awesome. But. Yeah. I, yeah. My dad did it for 10 years straight. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Which is that's a lot. Yeah, your dad's some, he like some someone like said sometime to him like you like any preacher worth his salt like has read the Bible through the year every you know yeah like, no yeah I've had like, people and say like, that to me. and like it like stuck with him and he did it for like a decade. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I had um a mentor and pastor from Connecticut who he's kind of a big deal. He used to be the president of a world uh, world relief and all this. National Evangelical Association in Britain, and um, then he was pastoring our church. And he said that to me, like, if you're not reading through the Bible once a year, like, you shouldn't be a pastor. Yeah. And then so I've guilted into, <laughs> I've felt so much guilt my whole life because of that. For like 15 years, I felt just tremendous guilt. Uh, anyway. All right, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I, yeah. Today, I'm going to tell a story. And these story guys time. haven't heard this story. I mean, maybe you've heard it before in, in your lives because we're friends, but it's been, maybe you haven't. I, any, that's neither here nor there. But I'm going to tell a story, and uh, these guys are going to just react to it, and um, I think we're going to have a good conversation, not about the story, but about what the story's about. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Setting you up. And this is a surprise. <clears throat> I'm, I'm ready for story time. You ready for story time? Yeah. Well, let me start with a question to you guys, and uh, you know, you can be honest. You guys know me pretty well. If there's one thing in this world that Matthew loves other than his family and Jesus and maybe friends, what would you, what would be the thing you'd say that I, I really like and love? Beer. The year was 2015. <laughs> 2015. Okay. 2015. I had just... <clears throat> Started working at my first full-time ministry position as a pastor uh, at a small alliance church, Christian Missionary Alliance Church on Cape Cod. Not too small, a couple hundred people. And um, I'd been there maybe a month, and, you know, we're navigating things on, on Cape. We're in this new place. Our lead pastor, he was in his 60s. He'd been at this church for like 40 years suit and tie every Sunday, traditional guy in the Alliance his whole life. And um, so he's there. And then it's me, youth pastor and children's <laughs> pastor. And then uh, this other guy who was the assistant pastor, he had uh, been in the church for years, felt to call the ministry, 
went to seminary. And then after seminary, the church brought him back to be the uh, like assistant pastor, associate pastor. So there's the three of us. And uh, I, I enjoy beer. I'm just going to say it and not be ashamed about it because the spirit of this podcast is honesty, right, guys? <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. uh, yeah, so I enjoy beer. And I'm not like... <laughs> I defend myself. I'm not like I'm not like case of PBR over the shoulder crushing beers all night and then, you know, I'm not there, but I I enjoy a good beer and, you know, a few nights a week I drink a beer and I like to try new beers. I I turned 21, you know, a long time ago, 15, 14, 15 years ago. And um that was sort of when the craft beer thing in America really started to take off. Mhm. And um, I think the culture around beer changed from like Miller, Coors and that. And now it's becoming like a special, it became a specialty thing. So, you know, I, I, I enjoy trying new things and beer was one of the things that I really enjoyed trying uh, new things of. And me and some friends, we'd, we'd often uh, make it a point like once a week, Hey, let's, let's go. And we'll, we'll, we're going to each try new and different things and, and just kind of expand our palates and get to know new new things and new beers and new tastes and stuff. So it was just sort of like a hobby that was a part of my life and sort of part of my social world in that way. Again, not as a not as a get drunk thing, but as a hey, we enjoy the taste and the experience and we're going to this is sort of a hobby we we cultivated. So, I go to the Cape, <clears throat> traditional church, traditional pastor in the alliance. I'm there about a month, month and a half and um I'm in the assistant pastor's office. And I, I forget exactly what I said, but I made a comment about like, uh, you know, hey, you want to get a drink or, you know, whatever. And and he was like, oh, no, we're not allowed to drink. And I was like, oh. And I went back to my office for a second and I just started sweating bullets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like. And then I went back into his office after our, our uh, administrator was in there and she left and I closed the door. I'm like, what do you. What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, in the Alliance, pastors are, you know, are not allowed to consume alcohol or do, you know, any of that stuff. And I was like, oh, no one, no one told me that. You know, I'm new to the Alliance. I'm new to this church. Mm-hmm. And I'm, as my first full-time ministry position, I understand the alcohol thing. And so I'm like, I'm in that moment, I had a real crisis. And I was like, I've been drinking beer. I enjoy it. I have it in my home. I live in the church parsonage. Like I live in the house the church provides for me. Like, so I started to have this like moral breakdown. And for, for like weeks, I I was like researching the Alliance, like the handbook, all this stuff. Um, I was closing the curtains in my house and like, so at the evenings. And so when I wanted to have a beer, no one would drive by and see me, you know, (laughs) And I went back now to get to, to be an official Alliance worker with the Christian and missionary Alliance. Uh, you have to be approved and accepted by the denomination before a church can hire you. Okay. So not only is there a church hiring process, there's a denomination hiring process and in the denominations hiring process, there's a whole application and online thing. It took me like two weeks to complete the whole thing. Theological questions, <clears throat> to, you know, all this stuff. Um, and, I went back through that whole application, every single word of every single line, and there was not one thing that said anything about alcohol, although somewhere along the way there was a thing that said something effective like, we understand and affirm that, uh, you know, the call to holiness, uh, you know, said, and it said something very vague about, like, you know, the call to holiness is our, our number one priority, and that may mean abstaining from, you know, the use of tobacco or other substances. There was nothing about alcohols, nothing mm-hmm. specific, nothing like that. So I'm literally like, like probably like two months, new place, new people, new pastor, new, you know, thing. I've got this, this, I don't even want to call it a hobby, but I, I, I enjoy beer. It's something I, I, that was kind of part of my, just my life and something I enjoyed It'd be like saying to someone, hey, you have to give up playing basketball. You know, I don't know. I I don't want, maybe not that extreme (laughs) because it's alcohol, right? It's not that big a deal. Mm -hmm. And so I I like had this turmoil for a couple 
a couple months where I felt like a shamed B like morally compromised. Like, am I doing something I shouldn't be doing? C lied to because nobody told me (laughs) not one word was uttered other than this very vague statement along the way in a written form, you know, that didn't was nonspecific and not, you know, and so I, I was just so lost and confused um, for a couple months sort of trying to navigate. And I was having conversations with Taylor like, should we leave? Like, I, should we stay here? Like, I, I don't know. I, this whole thing is such a mess. Like, is this how people operate? They don't tell you things up front and assume things of you. And am I willing to give this up? And, you know, I really wrestled with that. Like, if, if we're going to stay here and this is true, Am I willing to let go of something as silly as drinking beer, you know, which is totally frivolous and totally silly. But at that time, you know, I'm in my mid twenties. I'm like, am I willing to give this up? This thing that I, you know, enjoy doing and if sort of me and, you know, anyway, like I explained. So I really had a crisis. Yeah. It was very stressful. (laughs) Also like, you love beer. <laughs> like, like he's trying to like mellow it down, but it doesn't make the story. I don't want, as people, to, I don't want people to think I'm like a degenerate, but I no, you don't like drink, but you love like beer is awesome. There's so many different, like whatever. Yeah. It's like, you know, how a lot of people are like coffee snobs now. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm a white guy with a beard and tattoos. Like yeah. I, it's part of the, it's part, part of the, the pro- package. Yeah. yeah. Um, very basic. <laughs> But like me and my friends when I was in so seminary, basic. I had a I had a Presbyterian friend, I had an Anglican friend, and there was me, the evangelical friend, and we would we'd like they'd come over, one the Presbyterian was married, the Anglican was single, we'd like all get together, our wives and, and we'd like cook, and we'd have a beer or we'd go out to eat and like we'd go there was a cafe in in the town next door that had just rotating ta- and it was wonderful and we'd it was just what we, it's what we did. And, you know, and uh, we did that as students, as, you know, people pursuing ministry and, um, and it was good and right that, cause we, we did it the right way, I think. But anyway, I feel weird talking about, it. I'm starting to like sweat. Like, yeah, I don't want people to think about it, but I do. I, I enjoy beer. It's like, like you said, it's kind of like coffee snobs and yeah. then there's beer people and then the culture has totally changed around, but we can get to that in a minute. So yeah, I was like in a real crisis. Yeah. A real crisis. Like, should we quit? Should I quit this job crisis? You got me on the edge of my seat. Yeah, and Taylor was like, I understand, but no. And I was like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> She's like, you, we need income. And you're like, yeah, youth pastor income isn't exactly <laughs> like banking much. I can probably make more like, you know. Go back to serving beer. Yeah, serving yeah. yeah, serve beer. Um <laughs> So this was going on for a couple months and I, I literally was like stressed and I had people, I knew people in the church who drank and, and you know, older people, people on the elder board and, and they're all like, ah. I remember going to even so much as there was a, a family who used to go to the church that kind of left, but was still kind of involved. And they had twins who graduated high school and they invited me to come to their graduation party. And uh, you know, it was a bunch of people there. And their dad brewed his own beer, and he was like, hey, can I get you a beer? I made it myself. And, you know, there's other people from the church there, and I was like, no, I, I probably shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And he he had a very disappointed look on his face. <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm in this time of crisis. Uh, every year, every district of the Alliance has an annual gathering. So our New England one was coming up in, like, April. And I uh, – April or May. So I was um, – we were going to that, and uh, <clears throat> this was my first one, so I showed up first night. We're having, like, this welcome dinner, and I, I find myself sitting with the other youth pastors in the district, a couple guys uh, around my age, our age, that uh, that had been around a little while, you know, Russ and Levi, or I don't think Russ was on staff here yet, but Levi Smith was there and, and some others. And, um, you know, we're, we're sitting, we're, we're eating, and... and uh, they tell me like, Hey, every year after the first night of our conference, all the youth guys, we go out and uh, grab some food afterwards. You know, I was like, Oh cool. I guess we'll, we'll get apps and zerts and sprites, you know, (laughs) 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 we can't drink. None of us can drink. And then, so we go, we're all like in the hotel and I, 
I go drop my stuff and I, or I, I forget what, but we all reconvened in the lobby and I'm there with one other guy and we're just kind of waiting and we're just getting to know each other. And he's like, he's like, yeah, man, down the road from my house, there's like this, there's a bar I love. They've got like 26 beers on tap and all this. And I was like, dude, 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 dude. Cause he was new too. He'd only been there a few months longer than me. I was like, yo, yo, I'm not allowed to drink. He's like, what? No, what are you talking about? No, we're allowed to drink. I'm like, no, dude, we're not allowed. To, they told me we're not allowed to drink. And he's like, no, that's stupid. And then other youth pastors start trickling in and he's like, hey, guys, <laughs> Matt thinks we're not allowed to drink. And everyone's like, ah, you're stupid. Ah, you know, I'm like, what is going on? And so we like, we like go out to this restaurant and, and one of the district staff is there who used to be a youth pastor, but now he's on staff with the district. And we're all sitting there and they're ordering beers and this guy doesn't drink, but he's on the district staff and he's just sitting, hanging, you know? And so I order a beer and, <laughs> and unbeknownst to me, uh, one of the other youth pastors, it might've been Levi, I forget exactly who told the waitress it was my 21st birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Cause he's allowed to drink, you know? And I like, so I brought over like a cake with a candle, <laughs> like blew it out and saying happy birthday to me. Like, <laughs> And I felt this wave of relief. And then, so the next day we're gathering and I go to our assistant pastor and I was like, Hey man, uh, turns out, I think we're allowed to have alcohol. And he was like, Oh, interesting. And that's all he said. <laughs> so I, over time I discerned like he had been in that church for a long time. Our traditional long-standing suit-wearing lead pastor, senior pastor, old-school alliance guy, didn't drink. So he, just from watching him, like, assumed that was our... Like, they never had a conversation about it. He just assumed because, oh, he doesn't right. as a pastor. I don't. And the alliance used to be that way where there was an official statement, I guess, once upon a time where you had to sign, like, I won't drink, I won't smoke, any of that kind of thing. But that has since changed uh, dramatically. I so. think they, like, just changed that in the alliance. Officially, yeah. yeah I think, like, a few weeks ago, like, officially No, no, no. no. It. It's been in, I think it's trended that way. I think it was up to <laughs> districts for a long time. Anyway, we don't have to get into alliance polity right now, other than to say, like, <laughs> that change happened. And, um, you know, I kind of came in the wake of this uh, uh, traditional church and shit things as they've changed and stuff. So uh, anyway, that's just the, the story <laughs> of like what happened to me. But I got I can't emphasize enough how stressed I was <laughs> in those like in month, month and a half or whatever between the, my 21st birthday and uh, which wasn't my 25. I was like 28. And <laughs> and um <laughs> When I got, when I, that conversation where I was like, oh, I'm not allowed to drink. Like, I was so stressed. Like, I couldn't sleep some nights. Like, I was having a real moral dilemma. Am I wrong? And should I feel guilt and shame? Should I give this up? And, uh, you know, I think I would have been willing to give it up if I had to. Because it's stupid. It's, it's beer. Like, there's, there's no real justification for holding so tight onto something like that, you know, yeah. when, especially when ministry's on the line, right. but more importantly, like if it is a true issue of holiness, like, yeah, that's probably the most important <laughs> thing. But anyway, I just wanted to share that story with you and, uh, I don't know, <laughs> we'll get your reaction. <laughs> and I think we can, I think use that as a jumping off point, just to have a conversation about alcohol in general. And like, is it a big deal? Is it something we should feel guilty about? Is it a stumbling block? All that. So yeah, that's a good story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you ever have to? I will before we get into generalizations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do have some like specifics about the story. Did you ever end up having like a conversation with your lead pa no. pastor? And no, no, it just was no. an understood thing. Yeah, and he. We never talked about it. He never talked to me about it or asked questions. Yeah. He probably assumed I did. There was one point, like later on, probably a year or two later, where um, Hyannis is kind of the hub on, you know, the Cape that's like the big town right in the center. And there's like a, a main street with restaurants and bars. And um, he asked a question about, we were in a conversation, he was like, I, I remember saying, no, I've we've never gone down to Hyannis to to have dinner because Taylor and I never ventured. It was like half an hour drive from us. Right. And I think in his mind, I 
I would, he said something like, it's okay if you have. So I wonder if in his mind, like he was letting me know then like, it's not a big deal, Matt, if you yeah. have been down there and like had a beer, you know, yeah, or yeah. whatever. But that's, that's as <laughs> most as we ever talked about it. Yeah. Which wasn't really talking about it at all. <laughs> Just avoid the issue. <laughs> I kind of took that stance was like, well, if, cause I was getting two stories <clears throat> for a while and then I, I eventually like figured out, Oh, this is, this is okay. According to the polity. Right, right. And, um, but I kind of took the approach and Taylor was okay with this too. Like we won't bring it up. Yeah. If it gets brought up, we'll have the conversation from the people who are, you know, we're accountable to, but unless it's brought up, we're, we're just totally. going to kind of live our life. And, yeah. Yeah. No, so. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it actually to, to an old school guy's credit to not die on that hill. I mean, that's cause there's a lot of people from that generation who, who would have made it a thing, yeah. you know? Um, Definitely. And, and so, I mean, that's actually, that's really cool. I mean, that, that he was just able to, yeah, he was a really great <clears throat> pastor. Uh, you know, again, he was in his sixties still, he's in his late sixties now and had been at the church for 40 years, you know, suit and tie every Sunday. And there were some, I don't think he never spoke any real expectations, but he set an example, mm-hmm. you know, but he, yeah, again, to his credit, his name was Myron to Myron's credit. Like he, he definitely didn't fight those sorts of battles. He That's would, awesome. he would stand for the things he believed, you know, like were really important. Yeah. So he was a great, a great pastor, a great pastor to learn some things from. What yeah. was your go broader here um what was your upbringing like around alcohol like in your household yeah it wasn't really a thing like i don't remember growing up like at the dinner table my like everyone drank milk (laughs) you know like um such an we're all okay too you know (laughs) yeah but I don't I don't have any memories of like my dad cracking a beer open regularly. Maybe maybe on a Sunday afternoon after like he finished we went to church and um he was always putzing doing chores. Like my dad was always, always up to something, you know, cutting down a tree, this and that. Maybe late in the day I'd see that. But it was definitely not I never even remember as a kid opening the fridge and like hearing the clinkety clank from the beer bottles in the in the thing. So it wasn't really a thing. There were some wine bottles in like our dining room, but seldom touched. You know? Holidays I'd see like Thanksgiving table, people drinking wine and stuff, but it was never it was never a thing. <laughs> never a thing. Yeah. Well you can. Um <laughs> so well Growing up, something I always appreciated is I never saw my parents drink. There was like alcohol in the house, whatever, but I never saw it. The only times I saw my parents drink were when we were out to dinner. So I was kind of raised with this like, oh, it's like a special thing when you get to have a drink or whatever, mm-hmm. um, which I appreciate. Um, for So it was kind of weird. I like growing up, I always said that I wasn't. Also, I'm 22, right? So I always said I wasn't going to drink ever because there was this guy that I really looked up to named Travis Pastrana. And he was like, at 30, he was like, I've never had a sip of alcohol. Straight edge guy or just? Motor, he he created freestyle motocross, basically. Yeah. But yeah, he was, he's a good dude. Like his okay. persona was good, all that stuff. And I was like, I wanna, and I also just wanted to be like him as a kid because he's awesome. Um <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm going to be that guy. And then when I turned 21, I had friends <laughs> um, and they were all, they were all excited. And I was like, yeah, like, so like all my friends started drinking in high school basically. And I didn't drink a sip until I was 21. Um, and I think that probably has a lot to do with how I was raised in the sense of like, I just didn't see it. Yeah. But then again, like I know a lot of people who saw it like, are on the other end of the spectrum where they saw a bunch of alcohol in the house and that's why they didn't do it or whatever. So I don't know if it even matters to be honest with you, (laughs) but yeah. What about you pastors kid? Yeah. I mean, I, 
I don't want to out your your dad as like a <laughs> no. degenerate or anything. But no, total like, teetotaler. Yeah. Um, what? That's I don't I don't know where that comes from. Whatever that doesn't term, matter. But it means never zero alcohol. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean that. My grandfather, on the other hand, who is an awesome was is an awesome guy. He's now with the Lord, pastor, but would have died on that hill. Um, I mean, I can remember as a teenager. He would. They were gifted like a nice bottle of wine. My grandmother and grandfather at their like 80th birthday party or something, you know. And he gathered all the all of my cousins and I into the kitchen and gave us a speech and made us watch him pour it down the sink. Whoa, you know. Um, <clears throat> so it was. So Papa, my grandfather. It was it was pretty clear, right? Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, my dad, my parents just never did. It wasn't like a we didn't talk about it a lot. Yeah, it wasn't. But but that was just that was how he was raised. That's like, um, <clears throat> and yeah. So I mean that that was it was definitely a taboo subject growing up. You know, in that you just don't do that. I mean. I grew up in Wilmore, Kentucky, which many would call like the holiness capital of the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's like uh, <clears throat> Asbury College, Asbury Seminary, both where you have to sign yeah. things. I mean, not not anymore. Actually, at the the seminary, I remember it was in like my late teens when the seminary was going through that like process of. Do you have to sign this to be a student? Um, yeah, so it was it was definitely a kind of shamed activity from my upbringing. Have you ever had a situation like him where you take a job and they're like, no alcohol? Uh, no. I mean, no, I haven't. I think we have a staff covenant that we had to sign that says you won't like get drunk, but I don't think it says you can't drink or whatever. No. And yeah, um, I mean, I went to, when I went to school Oh, for yeah, that's like the common thing worship for school, in yeah. Bible school, yeah. it was the, the policy in that ministry community was an interesting one. It was, they asked that you would not publicly um, drink hmm. as it's like what you do in your home with your family is up to you. But as a, it was a primarily young adult community with like lots of <clears throat> 18 to 25 year olds. And so it's the ripe time. Yeah. It was just like a For silliness. Yeah. And so <laughs> it was, I, it could be taken as a like just you could interpret that as one or two ways you know like either we just want to maintain our image or it was like a no like let's abstain from this as a community to kind of protect those formative years right or wrong i don't know that's that's what it was yeah um, so my my seminary the only policy was no alcohol on campus. I didn't live on campus. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just <laughs> uh, but the, uh, for my undergrad, I went to a Christian liberal arts uh, undergrad. Um, there was a no drinking thing yeah, yeah. signed. Uh, they would have to expel most of the senior class. If they, you yeah, know, but, <laughs> but, uh, that was uh, yeah. I mean, I went nice. to a, a Christian liberal arts school for a while, and I grew up in a town where, yeah. like, yeah. I mean, and they would every once in a while like crack down on, on some of the students, um, and kind of make an example out of people. Yeah. So uh, you know what? You know, we're talking about this alcohol, and it it really is. It's not just like a longstanding taboo, but it really is something. I think that's worth our constant consideration as believers and especially as people in ministry, not that that makes us any better or holier, but it is, you know, when you're shepherding people or leading people, um, you know, Paul, Paul writes in one of his letters, you know, forgive me, I don't know exactly, but all things are lawful, but not everything is 
permissible, yeah, yeah. Or, or, um, beneficial, beneficial or, yeah. yeah. So, so there's like that attitude too, I, and um, I I think that's something that is worth our consideration and wrestling with from time to time. Is this a healthy habit? Is it a habit? First of all, yeah, you know, well. <laughs> um, that, that's a thing. But is it is it a healthy practice? Is it wrong? Is it ne- right? Is it neither? And, um, you know, is it really up to our own disposition and our relationship to alcohol that we have to sort of make those choices or is it just like, Hey, just be cool. Don't, don't get wasted and like do stupid things. You know? Mm -hmm. I mean, most of it comes down to that. Don't be dumb. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) that, that is most of like. Even like biblical Christianity, like if you look at the Old Testament, like all of those rules that like in Leviticus, most of them are like, don't let mold grow in your house because you'll get sick. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. it's not like <clears throat> clean your house this way because it's proves that you love me. It's like, no, do these things so that you guys can stay healthy and not have mold growing in your walls and <clears throat> don't eat pigs because they are not good for you. You know, like, I mean, but bacon. I know, but bacon. <laughs> yeah. Like, like it's mostly not like rules for the sake of rules. It's like just don't be dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like, interesting. Do you think? I'm just curious. I don't know if this is the right question to ask, so I'm going to ask a two parter kind of two part it up. Do you think that? churches should have I can't think of a word other than mandate I don't want to use a word mandate (laughs) but mandate something like that but also like I don't know like why for staff for uh, members or for because like I, I, I knew like my so my thought process and it's actually we're funny funny that we're talking about this my entire life in the church, I thought the rule was that pastors don't drink. Yeah. Like I just, I've always been, I don't know if I've been told that or maybe just assumed, but I thought the expectation was that pastors don't drink, but like everybody else can. <laughs> That's just like how I was brought up. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I don't know. Like it, it's just, a, I don't know. It's a weird, well, it's a it weird is thing. funny because I think, I'm sure you weren't told that. You think so? I'm sure you just assumed that based on things you absorbed. It probably was never made explicit to you. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. And like this faith gets passed down, right? And I think this issue is really an American Christianity, at least from my perspective, because I'm an American Christian. But like, if you look back in the history of the church, especially the early church, and like you look at the early church fathers and like the early bishops and of the church, like these guys were drinking, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and then we come to America and uh, things change. And, you know, you could say it's from like the Puritans came over looking for a reform to Anglicanism. So they took a, a higher step of holiness as they established their presence here. And that very much influenced, uh, you know, the start of uh, Christianity in this nation. So now the faith is getting passed down with a, you know, from generation to generation with assumptions from the generation before. Mm -hmm. And with that also comes reforms from the generation before, but we're still handing down a lot of things that aren't necessarily like biblical mandates. They're just how the faith has developed and how people have lived it out. Like Jesus ran into this with the Pharisees. The Pharisees weren't inherently, well, maybe uh, we don't have to get in this, but they weren't like, bad people looking to defy God and like doing things. They had been handed down a tradition for several hundred years until Jesus's day. And they were just living out those traditions. And then Jesus calls them out on that and says, you guys have placed a priority on the mandates of men over the law of God. Like you, so like, I wonder if this is one of those same kind of things, just the ethos and the thought process from the last couple hundred years around Alcohol, because alcohol is dangerous and it it's not great to be addicted to it. It makes you do dumb things. Don't drive 
And uh, don't put yourself in positions where you might be with someone of the opposite gender and things are getting heated and that's not good, you know, when you're on right. inhibitions. But, but we're being handed down a culture and a thought process around something that that's just like not as big a deal in some well, ways it's, as it's, we made it's it like today. everything. It's exactly, I mean, it goes back. <clears throat> it's exactly like the Pharisees. It's just a different, I mean, it's, it's the initial desire to <laughs> set the, the themselves apart. Like the Puritans even like to, to set themselves apart from, from the world in holiness. Like that's a pure desire, right? That's, that's, it's it's a practic it was a practical way to kind of say no we're going to live our lives different than the world right and it's just like but that's it's like you take that to like even church policies or even cultists like just expressions of of how we how you do things it's like you this is who we are as this local church. This is how we do things because this is the, for today, this is the most practical way that we've come up with to live our lives, the mission of God out the way that we feel like we're supposed to. But then it doesn't take long for us as humans to take those good intentions that are fleshed out in practicality to be turned upside down to defending the the process the system for this to protect the the tradition over following Christ and living our life you know what i mean like yeah. it's like we it's just it becomes it's 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 why we get to the point where like decisions are being made within our lives and communities that, that protect the way we've always done it over what's the best way to continue to live our lives out in this for the motive. Yeah. And those aren't necessarily conscious decisions of no. like tradition over this, but right. it's just what happens just, as you pass things down right. from one person to the next. So like to answer your question, Cam, like what Zach was just saying, should churches mandate things? What well, depends on you, who you want to be as a church, you know, and how you interpret scripture and, and all that. Like if you're saying, Hey, for us in our context, we want to commit to holiness. And that looks like this. And that means no alcohol. And we're all going to sign a thing. Go ahead and do that. Just be careful when you get to the point of saying, we're right. You're wrong. We yeah. are the true ones. You are not, you know, that's, that's yeah, that where could the, be a oh, many contexts yeah. where that makes sense. You know, like yeah. if you got a, if you're going to, community of people, a group, a church of people who are primarily coming out of like addiction and like, yeah. that, like it might make sense to gather together and say, Hey, we're going to together mm-hmm. walk out our faith this way. You know, it yeah, is, it's right. just absolutely. <clears throat> it you is. Know. What happens is we, we, we hear, we follow what the Lord's saying today for us. And then we assume that, we're right forever for everyone mm. <laughs> instead mm-hmm. of, instead of this is what the Lord's saying today for our context and our people. Yeah. Right. Um, for me, I mean, that's, it happens outside. Just take it down to personal. I mean, like I think that happens in our own hearts where this is what the Lord told me to do. This is what I believe how I'm supposed to walk out my, my faith. And then it doesn't take long for us to think, well, everyone else must be wrong. Yeah. They're not doing it like me, you know? Um, no, that's a great that's, way to put it. Yeah. And that's, that's our task with scripture is, um, it is God's word to us today, but we have to view it through the lens of then, you know, of a first century lens to who scripture was originally given to. And then, do the good work to in you know interpret and apply it to us today and what how is God's word written to people two thousand or plus years ago? What does that mean for me today as I'm navigating social media? Like God didn't write about Instagram, right. <laughs> you know, and God, you know, so we gotta we gotta like use the principles and the and the things we find there in Scripture and really suss out with the Holy Spirit's help. God, yeah, what are you? 
how am I supposed to follow and live today in light of that? And that's going to, God's word doesn't change, but how we apply it's going to change 20 years from now. Yeah. Because things are going to look different 20 years from now. There's going to be new technology. How do, how do we live God's we're word while we're in the metaverse? Yeah. How do we, how do we, how do we follow the words of scripture while we're living in a Mars colony, you know? So there's going to be like new ways to apply uh, God's word through time. So, and that yeah, doesn't, and, and, so. and there's, I mean, you just got to avoid applying scripture to specifics like that. I mean, that's, that's where I think where I take up the most, like where I would get into a, a battle over is, trying to say scripture says drinking is unholy you know it's like saying i mean this just does i mean it's you're really hard pressed to say that the bible says this is a bad thing to do yeah right like it doesn't i mean if it addresses alcohol at all it's in the context of jesus creating it um <laughs> and in sacramental nature and right use of worship exactly yeah church, so, you know, so so you can, but that doesn't mean that in certain situations, in certain time periods, in certain communities, that the application then "How shall we live?" Yeah. doesn't shouldn't be interpreted as no, we should abstain from this. But to say that it's like it go, to me, that's like on the same level as the New King James Version is the only real version of the Bible. Yeah, it's like guys, it wasn't even written in English. Come on, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it's on outdated manuscripts. And oh yeah, anyway, yeah. you don't have to get into that. Um, yeah, so I'm thinking about that, Zach, and like, I think where Paul writes about, you know, all things permissible, not all helpful, or, you know, mm -hmm. the exact verse. I think, I think, and I could be very wrong, again, uh, but is in the context of talking about, um, I think it's when, he, when he's addressing, like, meat sacrifice to idols, and he's, like, talking to the church and being like, hey, uh, if someone invites you over to their house and there's a feast, uh, go ahead and eat and enjoy if they say, hey, this this you know animal was sacrificed to the Roman god of whoever, he's like, then nah, maybe don't eat it. You know. But he's like basically is basically it becomes an issue of conscience and holiness and the Holy Spirit kind of working together to draw or to drive your conviction in the moment of like, if I eat this meat knowing it's been sacrificed to an idol is my host going to think I'm endorsing this idol as true and real, you know? So mm -hmm. there's, and then you got to take that principle and say, okay, what does that mean today for me? And if we're talking about alcohol, what does that mean today for me? If the person I'm hanging out with is a, is an alcoholic recovering or whatever, I know they're struggling. Yeah. I probably shouldn't order a beer and sit here and drink with them in their presence, you know, mm -hmm. right. Or, I probably shouldn't sit alone in my house and crush a case of, of PBRs. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's not good either. <laughs> even mm. if that, even if that guy's not there watching. So yeah. I think, I think, uh, I, th I think there's a, there's a hard, like the Holy spirit, your conscience and your view of scripture all have to like converge and sort of just guide you in that, in that decision-making process of, should and or shouldn't I? And if I do, make sure my limits are in place, you know, for that kind of thing. Do you think, like, I'm just thinking of, of like, a person who <clears throat> has maybe never been to church before, is new to church, walks into a church, whatever, do you think they would be, I mean, I'm sure it depends on the person, but like surprised to like, I'm just thinking of the situation, right? Of like, you see, you walk into a church and you see a pastor on stage Sunday morning and then Sunday night you go to a brewery and the, the pastor's sitting there. You know what I mean? Does that, and I'm sure this is case by case, but does that help? or jeopardize the mission. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting because it's hard. I think it for for all three of us, really, especially, man, you grew up 
in the church, I, like I, uh, Catholic, yeah, and like, then middle school yeah, switched so, and like, started going early. Down. Like, yeah. but for for like especially those of us who is just like from birth have been raised in this like evangelical like kind of you, you know, I mean, not, your pastor like mm-hmm. doesn't and hasn't ever right, yeah, and right. you've caught these priest suppositions of like just watching, um, probably. Th- think about that scenario differently than the person who like you know exactly I mean? like, well and that's that's like it does he doesn't have the most people don't have the idea that like it's a there's a holiness issue potentially wrapped well, up in being at the bar or not well so that's my like obviously if you're if okay if there's a pastor living the bar life that's one thing right but <laughs> right. like i'm talking you know like and i was just thinking about it because for me it's like, I go to church on Sunday morning. Well, for instance, you and I were at a brewery <laughs> um, in Burlington a little while ago. And like somebody from church came up and was like so stoked to see us, you know, or, or see you or whatever. And like for me as a church goer, if I came up to like one of my pastors or youth pastors or whatever at a, at a brewery, I'd be like, oh, what's up, dude? That's sick. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I just, I wonder like, and I guess this is where the argument comes from is the flip side of that where maybe somebody's living the bar life and is guilty of that and then goes to a bar or a brewery and sees their pastor there. And then it somehow inadvertently gives them permission to continue. Right. Like, and I know this is a very specific case, but is that enough to as a pastor or a church leader or whatever, say, I'm not going to do that for that person. You know what I mean? uh, Yeah. For specific people. But I also think like the, in general, like that could be anyone, you know, we're, we're at a, our churches, you know, we've got an orbit of a couple thousand people probably all together. And that could happen to, with anyone anywhere. Like if I'm at, at town, if I'm at dinner, like last night I went out to dinner with my family, we saw a movie, I had a beer at dinner and there was someone from church where we were eating. And now luckily they know us. Like, so it's right. Uh, but um, like that could happen anywhere, anytime, you know? So, the yeah. Co- and so the question is, is, should, is that one, is that random person? Is that worth yeah. enough to, uh, yeah, right. I think there's, there's a cut. I mean, there's a, so many angles to this. I don't know if there's a yeah. definitive answer. Like I've, you know, being a pastor and being, you know, having relationships, having people that are non-believers in our neighborhood over for dinner and, you know, uh, they'll be like, oh, you drink, you're a pastor. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, what does cool mean? I don't know. But, but <laughs> I think there's, I think for some people there's a level of like, oh, okay, whew, I can relax around this person. Right. And there's, there's an entry point there for conversation and for um, relationship and, and like talking through those things. The hard one is the other side of that. what you were just talking about. There's someone in the church who's struggling or who might feel guilt, but is doing it anyway, living the bar life partying and they see me or, you know, another Any pastor us, yeah. having a beer and they say, Oh, it's okay. Right. And so what I'm doing is okay because of that. Now the wise thing would be for a conversation to happen, but as someone with a, with a scope of a couple thousand people, I don't know who needs to have that conversation. Right. So then it becomes the, now I'm play now the initiative is placed on the person who needs to have that conversation with me about it. And that likely isn't going to happen most of the time from that person's side. Mm -hmm. So those things can, are very, very often left unresolved if that's the case. So I don't know. Is there, is there a good mode? Like, should I not go out and have beers in public or at all ever? You know? So those are, again, these are the reasons we, I think have to assess and wrestle with it from time to time and just say what right now, maybe what I, maybe two years ago, things were different than they are now. So like how I was thought about it two years ago needs to change. Mm -hmm. So I, I think there's no, there's no one good right answer. I don't think, at least from my perspective, and maybe maybe there is from your guys' perspective, but um, I, I, you know. there isn't. Like, yeah. I just, I, 
I think I bring that up because I don't think there's a cut clear answer. And I bet yeah. like everybody listening <coughs> thinks there is, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, for, for instance, like I have a YouTube following, I'm very intentional about like what goes on the internet from me and all that stuff. I have one video that involves alcohol and it was a video for my 21st birthday. Um, and I have, I've had people come from the church be like, you need to take that off the internet, like all this stuff. And the only controversial thing is I, I like the after clip is my buddy, like shotgunning a beer really fast, which I just thought was funny. But the video in the context is the story of how I didn't drink until I turned 21. That's the whole point of the video. There's like a portion of like two minutes of me talking at the end where I was like, I mean, the, the video is used. Hopefully I, I made it to do this. So I hope it does this, but to inspire the people in high school or whatever that say, I don't really want to be a part of this, but now all my friends are doing it. And I just shared my story of like, all my friends started doing it. I, and I chose not to, I lost some friends, all this stuff, but I'm like, I wasn't missing out on anything. Mm-hmm. Really? I wasn't. Cause I, on my 21st birthday, I tried alcohol. I was like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like my first, my first go at, it, I was like, I'm not interested. <laughs> like, cause my, my friends were like, Oh dear, try this Bud Light. And I was like, this tastes horrible. <laughs> like, you yep. know what I mean? Um, Pretty much does. <laughs> yeah. It was just terrible. I've since developed, but, um, <laughs> But I've had people who are like, oh, that's great. But majority of people are like, that needs to come off the internet. Mm-hmm. And obviously majority of people in my life are churchgoers. Um, but I stand by it and I believe that it is is good to be up there because it actually serves a purpose. And that purpose is not like, go go party on your 21st birthday. Yeah. The purpose of the video was to say, hey, I waited until 21. It's not impossible. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then that gets into intention versus perception and like, oh, yeah, yeah that's all. Well, yeah. And there's, I mean, for me, the, this is the bigger, like three steps back from all of this conversation is, is how we perceive holiness. It's like this, we've, it's so much easier for us to define it as what we don't do. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's when we, if we can have a checklist that we can, at the end of the day, say, I don't do this, 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 and this, therefore I'm living a life of holiness, versus how do I become more like Jesus and God? You know, like, how can I do the things that he wants he, that, and act like he does and feel and think and 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 be more like him which then in turn does sometimes mean a set apartness in in our day-to-day life that you know i mean that, that so there's this balance to walk out in that but it's just i find that too often we fall into making the checklist so that we can feel good about ourselves versus actually pursuing God and being like him, mm. which bring that to alcohol. It's, just, it's, it's a, it's a, how, what's your relationship with this? Like it's, what's your intention? What's the, the, the circumstances with the relationships and the people that you're with and around. I mean, it's all about living and looking and walking out Christ likeness in today, you know? Yeah. And I think the culture of alcohol has changed dramatically over the last 25 years, you know, the days of the, of the like classic beer commercial are gone. Right. You know, like Miller Lite, you know, bikini-clad ladies. Yeah. yeah you know? Right. And what's, I think, in general, at least in our generation, there's been a much higher commitment to the craft of it and going beyond, like, and not looking at this thing as what it, what the effect of it is, but what the taste and mm-hmm. the the experience of enjoying that one is like, 
be, you know, and there's been such a revolution, especially in beer, but also in spirits and other things that, um, I think the culture's changed now. With that, there also comes now it's more normalized and there's probably a higher amount of like functional alcoholism that's happening, you know, and it's more hidden. Yeah. So that's not good. (laughs) But, but at the same time, I think there, there is a, there's a different level of like casual, more of that coffee house uh, culture around um, this item than there was uh, for previous generations. Yeah. And we're that many more years removed from like prohibition when yeah. it was like a rebellious, <laughs> yeah. illegal act, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. And, uh, I'll say too, like we were talking earlier, Cam, you said like you grew up, you know, following Travis Pastrana and, you know, I grew up, I, I started following Jesus like middle and high school. All my friends that went to church, <laughs> we didn't say it like that. No, no, no. You grew up following Travis. No, no, I grew no, up following yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I didn't mean it like that. But Travis was like part of your inspiration too. Yeah, yeah exactly. So for, for me and my friend group, we were very much into this like, we were all in church together. We were into this music culture where straight edge was very much promoted, you know, where we don't like straight edge is like no caffeine, no alcohol, no tobacco, no nothing, you know, just mm-hmm. straight. We live on the straight edge. And that was like a very high, such a weird, like subculture. I know. Yeah. yeah for like, like that, our generation, I know. And, but like the straight edge culture breaks down because it is self-righteousness in the end. Like that's, right. that's not like a real thing, but, but we were in the same place. Eventually all my friends started to, you know, late high school started to drink or go to parties. And I held out. I was the last one to hold out with any of that, like for a long time. And, and then I had a crisis in college and you know, whatever breaks down, we don't have to go there, but <laughs> it, uh, but it was very much the same, you know, we were, so I grew up again with that, with that same thing. Like we as believers, but also in this music subculture, we're going to commit to not doing this. And then that brought later for some people I knew like a breaking of the chains of it and going too hard. Mm. And for some, just like a continued sense of like guilt and shame, even if they were enjoying um, that sort of thing. So I don't know. There's a whole mess. This is a whole messy soup, and we're not going to solve the issue today. Isn't no. that the whole point of the yeah. podcast? Though? Yeah. We're supposed to talk about the mess. Yeah. Because there is no yeah. line, and no. how do we walk it? Like, yeah. So, and now I'll just talk about me now. Um, like, I, I enjoy a beer a few times a week. I largely don't drink in front of my children unless like, yeah, we're out at dinner or like we're, we're having a gathering and you know, we're, we're, you know, cooking food and people are over and I'll have a a beer or two then. But like most days, yeah, I don't drink in front of my kids. They know beer exists. We go, you know, we often go, the breweries around here have great food. So like when we go out, we'll often go and get food there and, and um, they'll see a drink. But like, I, my hope for my kids is that they grow up viewing alcohol as a, it's not that big a deal, not in terms of like consuming it, but just it as an item is like, you know, it's not that special. Mm-hmm. It's there and it's normal. And B, they just see healthy practices and relationship from me and my wife and our people in our circle about uh, what it means to, to consume it and have it be in, part of your life, but not, like a part of your life, you yeah, know, that major yeah, way. Yeah. So that's my hope. Yeah. My, my, my biggest hope is that Jesus looks at me and says, you're doing all right, Matt. <laughs> you know, all right. That's my number one. Yeah. I hope that's my number one hope anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a uh, final piece of advice, I suppose from today gang is, uh, just be cool. <laughs> yeah. Just be, just cool. be cool, cool, man. Yeah. Don't be dumb. No, I would love to hear like, questions on this topic outside of the three of us i would i would love to sit down with somebody who's on the side of like pastor shouldn't drink you can have that conversation i'm (laughs) they can sit in my chair no but i I would just love to hear like the rationale behind different perspectives because i think the three of us are very much on the same perspective i would love to hear someone who's on the other boat and just why because I, I would just like, I'm just curious, like, yeah. I like, suppose. Well, and then you have to ask, well, what about you? Do you drink person that thinks pastor shouldn't drink? Why right, is your pastor right, more important exactly. than you? Yeah. And there is yeah. a, a responsibility of shepherding people and setting a good example and, you know. All that Held to a higher 
accountability. Yeah. I mean, all of that's real. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's real. But at the same time, like the qualifications for elders and the Timothy and Titus, those are for everybody. Right. right? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For, for, for elders. So. Yeah, sure. And something that uh, scripture says we should aspire to. Right. So, um, yeah, we'd love to. And if you have comments, questions, thoughts, people out there listening in the in the metaverse, send us a message on Instagram at learn to talk podcast. Send an email to contact at learning how to walk dot com. Right. Yeah. Dot com. Dot com. And uh, we'd love to interact with that. And as always, if you have any topics or thoughts you'd want us to interact on and love to hear our thoughts, uh, please let us know. We we need ideas. <laughs> I want to do a Q&A episode. Oh, a Q&A. Yeah, start sending in your questions. Yeah. That would be rad. Give us some cues. Yep. And we will not answer them. <laughs> Just kidding. We will. But we'll talk about them. Well, yeah, we'll talk yeah. about how we don't have an answer we'll to them. We'll answer them, yeah. but we'll talk about them. So, well, hey, thanks for listening. We are truly grateful that we get to do this. Like this is fun mm -hmm. for us. And, um, we're grateful for those of you who listen and, um, we just hope, we hope our continued conversations are resonating with you. So yeah, send us a message, follow us on Instagram, like comment, subscribe, follow all those good things. And, um, we will talk to you again soon again. Merry Christmas, guys. <laughs> but not Merry Christmas to you because it's February, I think, when you're watching yeah, this. Probably. Or at least when this drops. So be good, be cool, and we'll talk to you soon on Learning to Talk, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>